0: The idea that finding how you can add value in different vehicles, platforms can be different investments, different ventures, businesses. And Mm -hmm. as you go through these iterations and these different platforms or vehicles, you start to learn more about who you are and where you Mm -hmm. can add value. welcome everyone to the lifestyle engineer podcast i'm your host matt chenard and today i have a good friend and professional filmmaker i i was I, i butchered that already but we're gonna keep going with it so anthony is a nomadic storyteller and filmmaker and that's what's in his instagram bio and i think that's so fitting because if you go to anthony's profile his instagram profile you'll see that things are simple simple but they tell an amazing story. And I think that's such a cool thing for an amazing talent and gift for someone to do is tell a huge story with one word or one picture or one Instagram reel because that's what we got to push out there now, right? So welcome here, Anthony.
1: What's up, Matt?
0: Um, I'm happy to be here. This is, uh, we were talking before what we should talk about and we kind of came up on the thought that We're not going to lack anything to talk about. So we're just going to let it go where it goes. So I, uh, Jalisa, my wife, went to school with Anthony in high school in Camrose. And I got, I was fortunate enough to meet Anthony during the pandemic, the start of the pandemic when you came home, because your current, let's call it lifestyle, vocation was a little disrupted, but maybe in a good way, as you're saying. So share with us a little bit about what, you're currently doing and how that has evolved over the years in kind of a snapshot way?
1: Yeah, I think there's no fast way to move through the timeline. But I mean, as of, I think we can start present day and then move backwards slowly. Sure. And I won't go too far before the pandemic just because that's a mouthful of a story. But currently, I'm in Tulum, Mexico. I've decided to kind of base myself here to work on the next film um, with my friend Dustin here. we we're working on a mini documentary and these types of films take anywhere between two and five weeks to put together. So we wanted to find somewhere warm and hot to kind of uh, piece it together instead of our cold countries of Canada and Germany. So (laughs) (laughs) so, um, before this documentary, it was obviously the year of 2022, which is uh, if I'm allowed to say the first year out of the pandemic for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll get into that at some point, but that year was, insane year the craziest year of my life um, and it just a lot of uh, new crazy types of projects travels and um, again we'll unpack that in a second but before that it was the two years of the pandemic and that like you said was actually surprisingly like a really much needed important chapter I think that allowed me and hopefully a lot of other people to kind of get our ducks in a row unpack our minds unpack a lot of different things and I left the pandemic feeling like wow I'm ready to put my foot on the line and start this race again and I think that um I learned that I had this mindset where I'll use this I'll use it like a like this metaphor analogy where when I grew up as like little kid and I was playing like video games like Mario and Pokemon and all that stuff I would like to play the game and I'd progress through it and then as soon as I get through a decent amount of the game I would start a new profile and start over. And I would just love starting new profiles because you would get through the game faster knowing what you know. And I just continually loved the idea of starting over, starting fresh with just knowing what you know. And I never really understood or that why it was like that until I got older, until I'm like now, where it's like not a profile in a video game, it's a business or it's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? So so um, I was very excited leaving the pandemic where almost this time last year, 13 months ago. I had left Canada out of the, uh, to travel internationally again full time, eggs packed and just one way flights uh, constantly. And I was very nervous. I didn't know what the year was going to hold for me. I had no concrete plans. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do aside from spend Christmas in Pittsburgh, the exotic land of Pittsburgh. <laughs> and um, from there, just one thing just kept falling into place after another week after week, month after month. And then it takes us here now and it's just crazy to look at. But yeah, the journey's largely been about becoming, finding my footsteps as a filmmaker and then eventually maybe a photographer if I'm allowed to call myself that. And then then now it's kind of just an overarching storyteller theme in my life. And it's allowed me to work on projects by not even being directly the filmmaker sometimes. You know, I have, the ability to work with editors now and designers and be the person that comes up with ideas and then brings it from concept to, um, or sort of preconception to complete end of production. And I love it. I feel like I'm so much more um, rooted in who I'm supposed to be um, mm. with this role, because I just feel like it's, I th- I, it feels like that person that goes through the corporate ladder for like t- 10 years and they did everything from like sweep the floors to like, um, you know, uh, work the books and stuff. And then just, and then they eventually know how to run the whole company because they were in those shoes. Right, it feels like that,
0: but like the corporation of Anthony, I guess. I we chat about this beforehand too, but I, the idea that I think finding how you can add value in different vehicles, like that was the word you used, and I like to use the word platforms. Yeah, platforms can be different uh, investments, different ventures, businesses, employee at somewhere. And Mm -hmm. as you go through these iterations and these different platforms or vehicles, you start to learn more about who you are and where you Mm -hmm. can add value. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously you're a very skilled videographer and photographer, but that's enabled you and given you the ability to find um, a passion as a corrective or a creative director. Right. And if, Mm -hmm. if that's the word that you like to use, and I think that's what you mentioned before and I'm sure there'll be many more iterations and it becomes less about hey, what what job do I need to find? What um, contract do I need to find is how can I add value to these people with who I am? And that's much more fulfilling. And then you're creating a lifestyle that your professional work or your vocation is using what you've been gifted with to impact and add value to other people, which I think you're doing a fantastic job with, by the way.
1: Thank you. I think when you try to add value to people's lives and in com- companies, it gives you an opportunity to figure out a little bit more about yourself, right? I think mm-hmm. that, and through an opportunity, more opportunities like that, you're able to kind of cross things off the list on what your passion or whatever your job might be. And I hate, not even job, like just the thing that you want to do with your life that's going to leave an impact and stuff like that. So... Uh, yeah, I think, I think adding value to me started in the beginning with just making films, but now adding value to people is just simply sitting down and having a conversation, figuring out where their blind spots are or like where they feel like their weaknesses are and just helping them through that, move through that maybe more emotionally and mentally these days. And sometimes, yeah, more times than not, it ends in like a creative solution that I can help with, like maybe with my business or maybe a book of people that I know or have met. And stuff like that. But um it's never the same. I think if you're doing it the right way, the solution should never really be the same or one size fits all, you
0: know, right. But like the principles underneath are pretty consistent, right? Like carable people see if you can add value to their life. And if you can't, then guide them in a the direction that can. And we like I think that's what happened in the pandemic a little bit is a lot of people sacrificed either their brand or who they want to be in the future because. Mm circumstances dictated that right now we as a gym were hit with that too right like we had we had the decision to make is we're going to go in this direction and this could cause us to become bankrupt to go into bankruptcy or close our gym down Mm -hmm. or we could sacrifice our services and all these different things that we've come to believe is of the utmost importance to our culture and make Mm -hmm. it through but I I think that's where a lot of people have that short-sightedness is that instant gratification and instant acute fix. It mm-hmm. could cause a lot of chronic issues. And you mentioned that um, you're fortunate enough to have a your most successful year and quote unquote successful, whatever that means, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you observed other people maybe not having as steadfast about outlook, or maybe mm-hmm. you could explain that a little bit more. Like explain the year or like explain. Yeah, that was a poorly worded question. Go into what you saw out of some people with obviously without names and how it caused a lot of people to struggle in terms of what they wanted the brand to be or what jobs they took and sacrificing their overall vision for that.
1: Yeah, I think that it was such an interesting thing to observe, like what people wanted to do. A little bit during the pandemic, but just more so in the early times coming out and just like how people were posturing up to kind of find work and opportunity and projects. And I don't know, it was like clear as day in my mind what I wanted to do. I kind of had this mental game plan of just like, all right, we will be unwavering and we will continue on this path of finding passion projects and people alike and stuff like that. And, you know, I was just coming out guns blazing with that mindset. And then to kind of converse into, People about the same things I didn't find that I was on the same page as most people I find I was finding that there's a lot of tones of like um well I'll take what's there like I mean like you know what I mean like it's like they they were they were playing to the to the rules of a different game than I was I guess and I just I I kind of had like a I won't take no for an answer mindset I was like I want to work on these projects A through Z. And if A is not available right now, then let's go and look for B and, you know, yeah. and so on. And I was just much more like, if it's not there, then let's try to find it or let's try to invent it or let's try to see if anyone wants to build something like this that they didn't even know they wanted to build and how you change someone's mind like that is just a storytelling to sit down with them and see what they need or what they feel like they need. And I don't know, you'd just be surprised how you can help someone hmm, at, arrive at something that they didn't know that they wanted for their lives or their business and um i don't know i i just found that like people were moving a lot more out of desperation which makes complete sense because it's sure. a pandemic and everyone got stripped of a lot of important things and stuff and um yeah it was just such an interesting time i mean i'm still unpacking that because this year happened so fast and I sometimes don't even know how I was able to have the year that I did and sometimes in a lot of ways I actually feel not guilty for it but like um, I just it was just more apparent that like opportunity was not spread fairly or um, um, evenly across the table you know what I mean and I just don't know how I was able to get some of these um, really great projects and to get meet some of these great people and stuff like that so. I don't know. I I would I w- I, w- I wanted to ask you actually, and I never got to ask you in person. It's just sure. like now that we're kind of past the pandemic, and we're reflecting on it. Um, like, can you kind of pinpoint the absolute lowest and darkest point, as if it was a specific mm. pin moment?
0: Yep. Um, it would be more like a over a month span or week span, and sitting in a place and sitting up at night, because I'm a fixer. I'm a <laughs> no, there's a way through this. This is, there's like a positive outlook on this yeah. and I couldn't find it. I couldn't find how yeah. I was going to increase revenue. I couldn't yeah. find how I was going to decrease expenses mm. and mm-hmm. all the debt we need to take on. I was like, we're going to have to pay this off. And I don't, is it worth it? Is it worth to continue on this, this vision and mission? And that's what I held on to. And so I held on to two things. I held on to the vision and mission is more important than these. this circumstance. I know eventually everything shall pass, right? And that nothing that I currently have is promised to me, right? So I believe that we ha- have been given things and we can utilize them to the fullest. And it's not necessarily promised tomorrow. So be grateful for it. But don't get stuck. Don't let it become your identity. Because if my identity was solely wrapped up into the gym, it would have caused me to be a bad husband, a bad friend. And I'm sure I was at many times, right? Like, But I would not say I was overall a bad husband. Um, but the lowest point, and that was the original question, yeah, I think it was probably two months prior to us being able to open up again. Like just going into the gym, feeling that, energy of people just tired coaches just tired it's not what they signed up for everyone's just tired and it doesn't feel like it should and me just sitting back and like i don't know what to do anymore um and praying and being like okay i'm gonna do everything i possibly can but the rest is up to you i am just going to focus on what i can control and then i have to believe that there's things outside of my control but there's going to be Opportunities in this, and you mentioned this, you have to look for opportunities because it's the problems you have in front of you aren't necessarily going to disappear, right? You handle the problems you can, but then look for the opportunities in it. And I think that's probably what you're doing. And you're saying that you mentioned that a lot of people, it seemed like you had a lot of opportunities. But I think what happens is people enter into like a victim mindset, and rightly so. Right. But if you stay there too long, you're going to miss opportunities to add value, to serve. And you're going to start looking inward and saying, well, this isn't fair. This isn't fair, but that's not going to change anything. Yeah. I think the simplest way to wrap up the entire pandemic was that
1: at the end, it gave you a report card on your mentality and your mindset, Mm -hmm. right? It was just like, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? We all, we all got grounded. We all got sent to our rooms. What are we going to do now? And I think it just became clear, and I think the people that took the least from the pandemic, moral and lesson-wise, was just like they weren't able to kind of look at that in the face, or at least accept that they didn't handle it um, amazingly, or at least um, they just felt like it was just a complete tragedy, you know what I mean? And I think it was a tragedy for everybody, but at least
0: some people can still find that silver lining. And I think as you're talking there, it made me think, sometimes you got to live into something before it's even true. Meaning I didn't feel resilient. I didn't feel resilient. I didn't feel strong a lot of the time. Like there was times I broke down because I was just like, I don't know what to do anymore. But I still had the choice to act resilient and live into that resiliency, but still be vulnerable and open with those I'm close to, to know that I'm struggling. And I think that's the same idea. It's like, it's one of those principles. Um, my marriage with Jalisa, I choose to love her. It's not that it's this feeling it's, it's not that you have to have courage, Like what you did originally selling everything and going to New Zealand for months. Like you had the moment where you jumped on it, but I'm sure it was still scary. And from the outside, it looks courageous, but you're probably still feeling the feelings that are opposite of courage, but you're being that courage person greatest person you know so well, you
1: already know that i would never use that word to describe my origin story but yeah you have nailed it on the head i love talking about stories with people or at least learning people's stories because when it gets to the part where they feel their darkest hour or like the rise of the conflict and stuff like that i i love asking people where their minds go where do they go when they need to like take themselves out of that dark place that low point mm. i just was talking with like um My friend who's a world class athlete and I was just like, where do you want where do you go? Like when your mind doesn't want to be there, your body doesn't want to be there, where do you go? And just like we're not all world class athletes, but like we all experience that dark hour. And just to hear where people's minds go to kind of just get the strength to stand up again. I love hearing that story. I mean, that's why we watch movies and stuff, you know. Yeah. It's it's just even more interesting when it's an emotional tale where um, it's just like you didn't go through like a gladiator war or anything like that. It's just like where did you go when you wanted you didn't know where your business and your marriage and your
0: your next step was gonna be and stuff? Mm-hmm. Super interesting stuff for me. I think that story arc is applied to everything and even good marketing, yeah. right? Like people right. like the movies that don't do well are the ones that don't follow that story arc, right? And you need You need a villain. You need a hero. You need a guide. You need, um, that's Donald Miller's story brand marketing, but there needs to follow this story arc. And every time I watch a movie, I'm like, okay, things are going good. Something's going to happen. And I, I hate it, but I also get draws me in. Right. And I think I really resonate with what you're saying there. It's, and even talking back to the business sense is, share your stories of success and struggles because that resonates with people because everyone's struggling with something. Everyone, for people listening, everyone's struggling. Everyone puts on a face as if they're not everyone on Instagram, everyone with these successful businesses, whatever else it is, we all struggle with something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, you just reminded me like one of the probably best things I did in the pandemic It was in the earlier chapters like in uh in like the spring uh, maybe summer of um 2022 where mm-hmm. i took the time i felt really inspired to really just grow as a storyteller for the person in my life and what i did was i sat down i set up a bunch of meetings kind of like this not a full-length podcast with everybody but like i set up a call with everyone that i had met in the last six years on the road in totally different fields and i just Wanted to be close to really good storytellers, so I sat down with a piece of loose leaf like I was in school, and I just asked everybody like, "What makes a good story? What's your favorite part of a story?" What's, and I just dissected storytelling with everybody that seemingly was to me a good storyteller, and I just had so much fun doing this like, this like uh, project, this this essay. You know what I mean? And without even realizing it, because I kind of forgot about it, like maybe a year later, I had all these notes, and then I just maybe just read through it and stuff. But it really played a big role into like how this past year played out, and is and what direction I'm moving in forward now. And uh, I just I, I think I gotta remind myself to continue asking people
0: like, what's their favorite part of a story, or how do you tell a good story? I ask those two questions to everybody. So what if you could condense it down? What's mm-hmm. uh, some good Pieces of a good story.
1: So I think you just uh, touched on it a second ago, but most people, the most um, popular answer was that uh, the conflict. People, the 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 strength of the story or the film or whatever it is relies heavily on the conflict, which is usually the villain. If you watch a movie with mm. a weak villain, you, you're just not emotionally invested. You know what I mean? It's not a good battle. It's not a um, um, it's not a good match between the protagonist and the antagonist, so no one gets invested. So the conflict has to be amazing and the stakes have to be high and you have to really believe that this character is going to lose it. And the, the, the ability of the filmmaker and the director and the writer to kind of take you through the emotions of the film accurately and well and genuinely um, d- determines how good the film is. And that was what somebody else said. They're like, the ability of the storyteller to take you through the rollercoaster of your emotions in an authentic way is, by definition,
0: a good movie or a good story. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's cool to see how you can see that in a macro sense or in a bigger sense in yeah. something like a documentary you just created, yeah. which we'll get into. Um, mm-hmm. And also in a micro sense. So just before Christmas, one of my posts went viral, and it's a, uh, literally probably a 15 second reel on Instagram and it takes me from my start to my finish and the the enemy was my auto autoimmune condition right and it just follows that same thing there has to be something of resistance and people get drawn into because they're struggling with something too even if it's not the same condition yeah you want to know that they can overcome it right Right. and that's you you uh, you're going to say something sorry Well, no,
1: I was just going to add on to that. I was just going to say one of the best things and most enlightening things I ever learned that's related to what we're talking about is just um, teaching myself the Hero's Journey framework by Joseph Campbell. You learn about the story arc, um, the most classic story arc of all time. What this man did, Joseph, was that he studied the best stories through history, all the way back from Greek mythology to biblical stories to your modern day Disney film, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it all follows the hero's journey, which is also known as the monomyth. And um, why it was so enlightening to learn about is yes, you're learning your valuable skill and all this stuff, but this myth is applied through our lives time and time again. And when you start to see it that way, life that way, it becomes so enjoyable because you're, you're the Harry Potter, the Katniss Everdeen of your own film, right? And you're like, why does life suck right now? This is happening to me that that is happening to me. I mean, you start to look at it in a framework of like the monomyth it's like, Oh, this is like my dragon. I mm. have this lightness this year. What do I get after this? What? And like, once, you know, the structure without trying to go through a whole um, seminar about it, it's just like, you know, the character leaves the normal world and has to find the, has to learn to play by the rules of this new world. And, in uh, you meet like a mentor in the process and you, find out what your dragons are and you have to find a way to slay them and then you get this treasure but before you earn this treasure um, you have to prove yourself once more to kind of take home the moral to be your own and and then you return back to the normal world after and we all, have all we've all had that feeling to some degree where you left something you didn't know very well and you experienced mm-hmm. something and then you felt like you got like a treasure like emotional treasure or maybe a physical treasure you know and you came back to where you once started and then it's like you go through these cycles of the the thing and so this the storytelling, that studying that has obviously helped maybe me professionally, but just like that's allowed me to um, grow in conversations with people, in meetings. Um, if Sales are important too. That's a really important. Just like you understand what people are in their story when you look at it that way. It's a really beautiful way to
0: look at life. Yeah, and I think that's why JR Token, The Lord of the Rings, I mean, it's my favorite series to watch, right? There's mm-hmm. that, that, that our story arc and how... This this humble weak looking individual to the world, um Frodo goes through this journey and he's the strongest of them all mm-hmm. and even near the end, he still struggles with wanting to keep it and so uh, yeah, I think it's so cool to see that and I think that's why it resonates th- those stories resonate with us so deeply because that's that's the flow, that's the principle, that's the story arc mm-hmm. of our own lives and refining process and struggle because it's it's not just about succeeding it's not just about trying to gain a lot of money all these different things it's who are you becoming in the process and that's going back to your analogy of playing video games and restarting over Mm -hmm. you're refining your process you're you're becoming refined and you get to start the next day new and I wrote that down like you said it's about starting new it's about fresh starts and taking and gleaning from your struggles and then helping and adding value to others by telling stories, by popping on podcasts. And I think that's such a valuable way to learn is interactive captivating stories, which you do very well.
1: Yeah, thank you. I was just having a conversation yesterday with a friend and I kind of posed the same question around that video game uh, analogy, but I moved it a little bit parallel to like movies. And I was asking because I'm just maybe recently learning like almost this week, like um, it's very different of me to like view life enjoyable by seeing the, the bright side of starting over. But I've always described like even in movie watching, um, I love re-watching the same movie just to get detail time and time again. Like, I, I watch I'll, I'll watch my favorite movies like 10, 20 times just because it's a different experience every time, especially now as a filmmaker before I, even before I was a filmmaker. I would still do it but now i can watch it technically you know what i mean lights, mm-hmm. composition writing all that stuff but um some people just aren't like that at all and i feel like when you kind of pair the two things i'm talking about which is the willingness to start over from scratch and almost obsessiveness of watching something over and over again just to see if you can learn different nuances and stuff like that um i don't know i just didn't real. i thought that for some reason i thought everyone was like that it's just one of those inception things where i was like oh doesn't everybody watch like watching their favorite movie like five times in a row like no one. but i realized that's how i've approached my whole career as well you know what i mean like when i first started out learning how to make films and stuff like stuff similar to that i would i would re-watch things and remake things constantly even now i'll have one photograph that i need to work on like a raw image and i'll edit it, export it, and then re-edit it and export it dozens of times, which I don't think a lot of photographers would do because that's insanely time consuming and not efficient time management at all. But every export of the photograph gives me a different result. And I have to do that because it's like my philosophy with creativity, it's like a faucet. You have to turn on the faucet and let the dirty water come out before the clear water comes out. And the first four renders of that image is usually gonna be trash usually just like you come back to it like an hour later and you're like what was i doing why are these the colors this looks terrible and then by the 10th time 11th time you're like oh wow i'm actually even a little bit proud of this dare i say so um i, I just feel like i feel like um that all, i'm learning so much about myself and that's what 2022 has been about like trying to figure out um maybe like the pillars that kind of hold up what i'm trying to build now because i've what I thought were my pillars the years before, I don't know if they were wrong, but they're certainly different today.
0: What are your pillars now? And what were they? And what were they now if you have words for them?
1: Well, I think just you have a different foundation when you believe your identity is a different thing. Back then, my identity was Anthony the Filmmaker. And rightfully so, that's what allowed me to kind of get on this road and move down this path, right? But I think now that it's like more storytelling um title, That I would enjoy to have. It's a totally different set of pillars and objectives and motives. It's, I mean, filmmaking is so specific, right? It's Mm -hmm. just one niche, one craft, one end result almost. Storytelling is, you know, like my my life has evolved in a way where I thought that it was always gonna be about filmmaking, but now I'm sitting down and helping people just talk through their story verbally. No computers, no, no cameras, just going through it and challenging ideas and stuff and by the end of these kinds of conversations it's it's allowing me to provide a creative solution which is cool which is kind of where my business has gone creative direction and um, whatever people might feel they need if it's a website i have those resources if it's a film it's you know different campaigns but the pillars that kind of hold that all up is that um, in order to kind of stand up as a storyteller i need to really grow things like um, like exercise my empathy and we've talked about this before like empathy Mm -hmm. is kind of like the most important thing if you ever want to grow in business you have to really understand how other people feel and how and understand them and then just equipping myself with the tools to be a storyteller for other people you know i don't always like to talk about myself it's actually very uncomfortable for me to talk about myself so i prefer to grow other people's stories and see what they might be missing and challenging and then poking holes and Mm -hmm. just having a finding a fun and safe way to go through their story. And if you can do that, then people feel really seen and heard and stuff So, I'm just figuring out now, like what I can title those pillars, but I can say for certain they're very different than a year or two years ago.
0: Yeah. And there's a principle in business or this idea that who you start with isn't who you finished with. And Mm. I thought that only applied with teammates. but maybe it's about ourselves too right and you start a journey as one person and and not not saying that you're becoming a false self but you're becoming more like the person you're designed to be you're becoming so who you started out as in 2019 the anthony in 2019 Mm -hmm. isn't the current anthony now and i think a lot of people get stuck they get stuck in who they are and they're fearful of change, they're fearful of going outside the norm. But that's where a lot of, again, if you look at stories, if you look at movies, a good story, it sucks when they're going through the the adventure, the process, but that's where most of the refinement and fulfillment and wisdom gained is from that process of becoming that different person on the other side. And then you'll have enough time to breathe, catch your breath, and then you're right back into the next part of your journey, right?
1: I feel like I'm right in the middle of this whole thing right now that you're talking about because I don't know. I, I feel like if you're going through the motions and um, challenging yourself with growth, it's it's really like you have to constantly feel like you're reinventing yourself. For me, at like it feels like an identity crisis constantly because like am I most confusing hours it's like dropping down to my knees and being like who am i <laughs> like i don't know what's going on right because because my, my i feel like my character traits my personality traits are changing before my eyes and i don't know what to do with this information it's like mm. i have this perception of myself where i'm like oh you're you're introverted and you're timid and you're you're a listener and you're you're not like this like a dominant presence in a room and then You know i look at reflect on like my last couple years and it's like well you're speaking a lot and all these people are like trying to see if you can help with their thing and you're in a position where people are wanting you to not observe and listen so much but speak and and speak into things you know and it just leaves you it leaves you feeling like why is this happening what's going on right now am i actually introverted am i actually this am i actually that and I don't even know what's going on now because so much has changed internally. Like I feel like my mind and my heart's in a different place today and I'm unpacking it right now. And I think a lot of people are probably feeling that because I feel like the pandemic allowed us to reflect and be Mm -hmm. introspective about these things, but I'm having fun with it. It's just funny sometimes because again, when I don't have a clear head on, it's like, I don't know who I
0: am today. Yeah. How do you, how do you orientate yourself? How do you, because that's again what happened in the pandemic i think a lot of people they're wrapping themselves in either their occupation or their business or their whatever it might might have been once that was stripped away yeah they didn't know how to find grounding right so how do you orientate yourself how do you make sure that you're going in direction in a good direction
1: i mean that's been not just a challenge for my more recent years it's been a challenge for my whole life because i had to be the social media and growing up to survive and by survive i mean like survive in my own mind in my own body and i've always asked that question in different forms how do i center myself how do i calibrate myself how do i uh orientate myself and and the, i mean i'm so glad i have that answer now but before before that moment or those moments i was very confused and it really hurt, hurt me you know so how I kind of feel like I'm calibrated is that I I have to physically and figuratively look around me. I have to see the people that are around me. I have to see the things that I'm working on and just the atmosphere that I've allowed myself to be in and how that makes me feel. If I'm around people that inspire me and I'm having conversations that leave me challenged and enlightened and euphoric, yeah, I would say I'm pretty calibrated. You know what I mean? I think I think you kind of have to approach it like someone that's blind. You only really know what's around you by just putting out your arms and feeling, and asking questions, and and just can constantly be on the the grind of um, awareness and just trying to be like, what's going on? Why am I here? Why are they here? like asking just continually asking questions i firmly believe that the quality of your life is directly correlated
0: to the questions you ask and you start to really think about it too right you're going through your own journey your own story how many people do we interact with i mean unless you're in tulum and just relaxing right now but (laughs) how many people do you pass by and interact with that they have their own story arc going on they have their own struggles so i think it takes I think there needs to be more empathy and curiosity into people because you can help them through their journey just by listening and talking, but also it can, yeah. you can glean stuff for yourself.
1: Yeah. I think that I had a really interesting moment a couple of days ago where, you know, I arrived at this, um, this villa, this resort here and we don't know anybody here, of course. And, you know, naturally just we spend some days down by the pool in the sun and there's these two. Um, Two people down there and naturally we just started talking because we're like close proximity and um, we got to just get into a conversation and tell each other's stories and somewhere uh, somewhere along the way they asked like what my story was and I I was like ah are you sure you want to ask this question like (laughs) buckle up it might be a mouthful and they allowed me to um, tell a little bit about my story and um, somewhere in there they just picked up on small details and they remembered that in a couple of days it was gonna be my birthday Mm. and and then two days later i was just sitting down by the pool by myself and they come out and they have this little cupcake with a candle in it and they just like walked up to me these two complete strangers that i didn't know a second ago took the time to go to the store which is nowhere near us and buy me a cake and put a candle in it light it bring it out to the pool and sing happy birthday to me and it just like took me I had like an out of body experience. I was like, wow, this is like, they feel like invested in me enough to like have taken time out of their day to do something Mm -hmm. that kind. And I remember the other half of what I'm trying to talk about right now is that like when I was sharing my story, I asked, of course, why not hear their story too, that's what it's all about for me. And I just remember the one person, she was like, I don't have an interesting story. Like I don't, I don't have anything that has happened yet. And she was like, um, in her uh, late 30s, 40s, and I, I just like it blew my mind to, for her to see that, and I didn't want to like go into this whole like lecture thing, but I was just like, you do have a story. It's just you, you're just not telling it in a way that you find interesting to yourself, so you don't want to tell it to anybody else. And mm. I just wanted to unpack that with her, and I just realized just how important it is for me to help people like figure out what the themes and the pillars of their stories are stuff like that you know and it was just like a clear moment that these conversations the ability to open up and come in story allows so much good things to happen one it allows people to really understand who you are of course but two like when you get to hear other people's stories and ask questions so many good things happen right Mm -hmm. like i like we got to figure out like why she felt a certain way about and reflected on her own life and and why she didn't feel like a lot of interesting things were happening but she did have an interesting life she just told herself a different narrative right yeah it's just so much to unpack just from such a small fleeting moment but Mm -hmm. little things like that it just really shows me that like i am calibrated in what i want to do because Mm -hmm. that has nothing to do with my career but everything to do with my career at the same time it's just like
0: conversations like that and you recently got to expand your portfolio and learn More by shooting um Mm -hmm. your documentary with Teo called Resilient, right? The boxer. And it's on YouTube, and I'll put in the show notes here as well. Um what talking about learning, talking about growing, what's the most impactful thing, principle method did you learn? Let's not say method, let's say what's the most important thing, good or bad, that you learned from doing that?
1: Yeah, so many chapters. To that because it, i mean big lessons to learn in the shooting process and even before shooting just arriving at the opportunity and then the post-production and then afterwards the launch and premiere of it so many big lessons between them. i i had to just boil it all down to one thing oh my god you're gonna make my brain explode That like that's <laughs> that's
0: I can imagine how Jalisa feels all the time now. It's like, I don't know. Give me a second. Give me Stop asking me these huge questions, Matt. <laughs> Let's just eat supper. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah well, so we can come back uh, to that too, but no, I- well, I like the question. I, j- It's just hard because my brain is so contextual. I break everything down into like mm. categories. You're the exact same way I know this because we can talk for literally 70 hours on one topic. Um, yeah. The thing that I, the biggest thing that I took away was that I came in expecting to be one thing with this project and with this person to female. And I left the project being something so different and something so much more that it really opened up my eyes to like, wow, I really got to work on being more open to like what life has for me instead of just trying to walk into things thinking that I know what I need to be and who I need to be. You know what I mean by that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do. And do- Do you think the process is both refining your process, meaning documentary, making documentaries, but also needing to start new things, needing to challenge yourself too? At what point do you think you'll ever come to a point where I just want to make documentaries or I just want to do this? Or do you think that you'll keep hopping to different things because that's part of the journey too?
1: I think if I look at the patterns in my life, um, nothing would lead me to that conclusion just because nothing about my life is like my whole life is in motion. Like it's literally moving constantly and nomad. Yeah. And it's not that way because of any other reasons, solely because it just makes the most sense to me. And if we kind of move that framework to answer your question, it's like nothing is no two days are like no constants are really um always there in my life so uh th- there's so many different changing seasons you know like how there's four seasons in uh, a year in most places it's just i feel like there's dozens and dozens of seasons in just one year for me you know people come and go places come and go jobs come and go so like with documentary filmmaking and stuff that might be a season too right now it's a pretty long lasting season but like it's kind of got seasons of itself just in that genre of filmmaking. You know what I mean? Like I'm working with a boxer. I know nothing about boxing and like, I love that because you come in as this person that just gets to ask questions. So the, what do you want to call it? Just like documentary filmmaking is beautiful because it's not really a a niche. It's so different. Every time the person, the places, everything. So I think if I were to take a stab in the dark on just how things will go down the road, i will probably always be in some sort of environment or at least a mindset that
0: will be ever changing Mm -hmm. and i think yeah i I, it's kind of like a loaded question is you don't really know what your future is going to be like right and you're not someone who wants to be complacent you want to continue to grow and continue to create iterations of yourself and everything you work on and we so probably one of my two favorite books of the Bible are Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Proverbs is basically like, hey, mm-hmm. follow these things, follow these wisdoms and you'll have a good life. And then Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. is like, hey, life is chaos. Life <laughs> life doesn't make sense. So, and yeah. en- enjoy what you have, work hard, um love God, mm-hmm. love others. And I think that's such the that's almost like a dichotomy, right? Like mm-hmm. yes, there's ways to live that will help you have a better life but yeah everything else is everything's also chaos and uncontrollable right which i think is kind of following that same story arc is you're yeah. you're on this journey you're trying to do the best you yeah. possibly can with what you have but then you have no control over the outcome
1: yeah i think when it comes to the question of like I, do you know what the future will look like the only way that i have been able to answer that is just like i i just I don't know what i'll do for a living and i don't know where i'll live but i like know i'll always have good people around me i'll always be creative i'll always be reading a book and drinking green tea like you know these are like things that have nothing to do with people's usual answers right like if i stay close to the things that are really important to me it doesn't really matter what i do or where i am it's just like i'll be happy and i'll be fulfilled and i'll be challenging myself Mm -hmm. and that might land me in a totally different career path or whatever you want to call it, but that doesn't really matter to me, you know what I mean? So right. once I found peace in that, life has just become this like uh, enjoyable ride and you just kind of see where it goes. And it's very, I mean, if that's the closest I've ever been to the concept of surrender, that used to be something that I really wrestled with. But for me, that's kind of
0: been the the thing that's set me the most free. Surrendering.
1: I guess so. I still have to unpack that
0: word in my life. It's a very scary word. For me. It's a very scary word. A very, yeah. It's an overwhelming word. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we <Bad> could <laughs> we could dive into that. And I think that's where you we asked me the question is the lowest point. Yeah, that's where I needed to surrender because I could put on a show and say uh, this doesn't matter to me. Like if this doesn't work, whatever else that's not what I was feeling. I was like, if, if we, the business closes down all these different things, I have to surrender into that, but that's scary. What are people going to think of me? I spent 10 years creating this thing, all these different things going through my head Mm -hmm. Then to actually live in that and surrender into that. There's a lot of freedom in that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much levels, so
1: many levels to the concept of surrender. But I think the most interesting one to me is just like knowing when, Like that timing, it's not a tangible thing, right? It's just not like someone taps on the shoulder and be like, all right, let go of this thing now, let go of that business idea, let go of that marriage or whatever it is. Just like you just have to feel it out and be able to live with the decision. Yeah. I mean, we could literally talk for a million hours about this one topic, but I, yeah, I, 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 I feel I I share that sentiment with you where it's like at the hardest times, the irony of finding the solution that is
0: let go of everything. And you want to be a part of Right. And I think a lot of people, they get stuck there and they start to invest their time and energy into escape mechanisms or they don't go in good places. And I know a lot of people have found pandemic went yeah. on different paths that aren't ideal because they lost themselves. They lost who they are. Yeah. And I'm going to phrase this question differently. I think you'll like the way I'll phrase this one. Okay. Not necessarily what you want to accomplish, but you talk about chapters and you like the idea of chapters and storylines. So let's say you're writing your eulogy. You're writing your chapter at the end of your life. Who do you want Anthony to have been? I'm
1: writing my own eulogy.
0: Yep. You're saying, what are they going to say about you? Who, who were you to people?
1: Um, you know, what I'm working towards in that sense has always been a simple mission from the beginning. I have a very important friend in my life, and she taught me one thing very early on, back at the very start of everything before I even picked up a camera. She sat down with me and had coffee with me, and she made me feel like the most important person in the world when I was sitting across from her, just the way she engaged. It wasn't even anything extravagant or grand. She just listened and talked and asked questions, and we laughed and time passed by. And it was the most incredible uh, little just moment of conversation. and. I walked away. I think anyone would just walk away from a normal conversation like that and feel like, oh, that was a really good time. But I walked away and I was just like, how do I make people feel that way? Mm. I mean, and that's something that I've always been striving to have in my own life, just making people feel like important through conversation and story, like just asking good questions, challenging them in the span of uh, the start of conversation and a conversation, like laughing, getting emotional, challenging them. Their beliefs their ideas and sharing with them my insights on what's worked and what's not worked in my life and then mm-hmm. just doing that time and time again with different people, whether you know them well or not not at all um i think when it's all said and done it's just like being remembered for just uh making people feel like they were like important and just like through just being present, you know, for me, everything's just trying to be better at being present through all my distractions and vices and things that we work through in this type of world. It's like trying to uh, be present with everybody. And hopefully that just leaves an impact. And for many years, that's been my business card, just being present with people. It's allowed me to have good
0: opportunities. And you create deeper relationships that way, which actually makes a more successful business. Yeah. It's just hard because it sounds simple to sit in front of somebody and just talk to them
1: but it's actually really difficult.
0: (laughs) And that's why I'm grateful to be doing this podcast now because I've had to learn to be a lot better at that. So what I need to do is that's why I have this notepad in front of me. I take notes when you say something so Mm -hmm. that I'm not thinking about how to say it or what to say it. I put it on the Mm -hmm. notepad and I try to be Mm -hmm. as present as possible. It's not perfect. I think that's it. If people struggle being present, have a notepad, especially if I'm sure you're like... anthony myself his yeah i know i'm every different direction all the time so it's good to talk with people like yourself that we can go in those directions so i've really appreciated this conversation likewise and i gotta i gotta ask you you gotta teach
1: me something you gotta teach me what you've learned through your new um experience with social media yeah so i had actually a book here Give me the five-second story of what happened because I'm sure most people know, but like I want to hear it from you.
0: Yeah. So six years ago, I committed to doing daily cold exposure. Probably missed a couple of days in the six-year time to help me overcome an autoimmune condition alongside with other things. Um, So whether that's cold showers or ice baths or Canmore Lake, which you did film, and I think we need to redo that. I didn't just film
1: it. I participated.
0: Yes. Don't that <laughs> that part. That's you. the most important part. <laughs> yeah. And then three years ago, because I would be the opposite. I didn't of you when you talk about having, doing so many iterations. So you get it right, right? That's like your brand is so pristine and tells such an amazing story. And that takes time. I was taking too long. I was trying to be perfect in my social media posts. So then I committed to posting every single day three years ago. Despite what it is, if it has imperfections or whatever else, and that helped refine me in that process. So, pairing those two together, I was like, "I'm going to commit to doing this every single day from that six-year time and that three-year time, missing a few days, right? I'm not perfect." And just before Christmas came, like they came together, and one post went viral. I think it's almost at three million, and then I went from 1,700 followers to almost 30,000 now. And just the the coolest thing about it, and I was talking to Julissa yesterday, is I didn't sacrifice who I was to get mm. that. Meaning
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm authentically showing up as me. I'm not pretending to be any or anything. So I can go on my camera and not feel drain of energy because I am me in that. Mm-hmm. And my coaching oh, yeah. brand, is another extension of me the gym is another extension of me and so that's so freeing knowing that i didn't have to sacrifice who i was and i always prayed that i wouldn't get anything until i knew who i was with or without because that's one of the most scary things is losing losing who you are oh yeah influence right for sure people sell themselves for numbers to grow so
1: the way that you did it by just being mad is incredible that's an insane story i loved it. And I'm actually quite upset that I saw you after that moment when we played board games and you didn't even bring it up once.
0: I was like, I really want to say it, but like, this is, we're having a great board game. I did, I did win the dice game though. So I was, I could you, you brag about that. You should have just slapped the dice off the table and be like, I went, <laughs> I went viral. I know. I was like, well great group of people. And then they make it all about me. But I i, I do enjoy talking about it and not make my sound sound like a super humble person. But it's, it's cool, right? It's cool like, to... What have,
1: what have you learned from it? I mean, you have doubled my audience. So like I need to be taking notes from you, yeah. and Matt Genard. So what, what are you doing with it? What do you want to do with it? Like yeah. it's like this. It's like you've just become Spider-Man. The spider just bit you.
0: Just bit been... me. <laughs> I yeah. like that. Yeah. So a um, lot of collaboration. People like a few things learning. People want to collaborate once you start getting yeah. influence, right? And... Sure. That's, again, why I'm grateful for I know who I am. So I'm not going to collaborate with some people that don't align Mm -hmm. with who I am. Um, Also, the exponential way it happens, meaning when you get more followers, people look at your profile. They see you have more followers. So they're like, oh, this person must have something to give. You know what I mean? Like, I've been sharing the same stuff. I'm sharing like six years ago, maybe refined a little bit. But now because I have more people following me, it it almost has more credibility, right? When I'm the same person I've always been. Yeah, isn't that strange? It's almost like this imposter
1: syndrome inducing Mm -hmm. thing where it's just like, oh, now I'm just a professional at this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So the other thing is the importance of systems, both professionally and personally and zoning. Um, Because a lot of, some of my posts have over a thousand comments and I'm personally replying to all those because I want to be authentic. <laughs> Couple work day <there>, right there. <laughs> yeah. And replying to the good and the bad. Like there's some You got it. This is another nasty thing. There's some nasty people. I would should oh, say yeah. maybe not nasty people, but oh, yeah. they choose For to sure. say nasty things. For sure. Um, so it's been a very acute learning process and a different look into the world and seeing well, how the
1: what cool. i didn't mean to cut you off i just before you continue like what was the moment when you saw it happen like you just opened your phone and
0: like yeah i think so i did a how it started how it's going video and it got yeah. like i was getting videos as of late of twenty thousand, sixty thousand 60,000 real views yeah. and then this one went to 100 they went to 200 then 300 and i was like julie says look at this and then i was starting to get lots of followers yeah so it didn't happen like really fast but I yeah. kept talking to people. I was like, "Oh no, this is going to keep catching because coal exposure is, yeah, uh, pretty novel right now. People, it's a niche thing." Yeah. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like a day thing. It was, yeah. I had close friends Scott Ram, and she's like, "You should probably prepare and create systems for this." So I hired a marketing person on the back end to help me because those that right. know me, I'm a visionary, right? And sure. <laughs> taking checking boxes to the end, I need people around me for that, right? So what did Jaleesa say? What was her? Geez. She's like,
1: I'm creating someone famous now.
0: Yeah. She's just like, Matt, I've gained 500 or no, hundred followers just cause you keep tagging me in posts. And she's like, I can just put in my profile. I'm married to the ice King. Cause people want me to call myself <laughs> the ice King. And I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. That's a, that's a bold title. It's a bold title. But I mean,
1: but I mean, people like you and me, we, get thrown into bold situations so you sometimes you got to embrace it for a little bit
0: yes yeah i mean maybe just for other people i should but i think the biggest thing is that i've learned if you're not grounded in who you are yeah like that stuff can be dangerous yeah right and sure. it can take you away from what actually matters if you haven't set principles and yeah values exactly. and everything it's a slippery
1: slope and what i'm excited to see how how you approach it when that time comes is that, you know, the thing that gets proven in the market that works like for you, this and like back for me, when I started making videos and people started asking me to do more um, the thing that um, you're building, that gets proven to market, how you pivot from that because how you reinvent yourself from that, because if you don't, then you're just going to be ice King till you're dead. You know, right. So so it's like, how do you, how do you continue to grow? How do you continue to like um, build off of that and stuff? Some people just get so comfortable and they're so scared of losing it that they'll just be, stay ice King in their life. Right. you know? What I mean? But like, I, I'm, I'm very interested when that time comes, like how you're going to kind of pivot and just continue to do what you do and become like, find another level of something else that you're passionate about too.
0: Yeah. And that's a really cool question. And again, I was talking to Julissa about this or topic of conversation is the the vehicle was the ice baths but i should try to share my thoughts and my insight right right? so there's no lack of anyone who has good insights motivational topics but you have to do something different it's like the uh, the book the purple cow right it's what can you change to make sure that it catches people's attention. So I think people were attracted because of the ice bath idea of it, but now hopefully they'll stay and I can just keep pushing content out that is more about helping people become disciplined, resilient and consistent Mm -hmm. leaders, both professionally and personally. And that's my coaching too, right? So Mm -hmm. that's where I'm pushing people right now. So that's that's truly what I wanna do. And the ice bath gave me the opportunity to speak to more people about that yeah would you ever like consider
1: building a specific program around the ice bath thing and then pair with an ice bath product company so that's
0: yeah i could see that being right up your alley yeah so i'm creating a mini course a resilient mindset mini course right now um that you could do cold exposure, whatever else. And I've also been yeah. talking with someone about creating a, a micro spa, like a Nordic spa brand. Oh yeah, yeah. And, cause you know, like I have sauna in the backyard and to create yeah. something like that, I think would be so yeah. cool. It pairs well in the health and fitness industry. There's so many benefits yeah. and the bigger spas just aren't affordable for everyone. So creating those yeah. in different towns would be awesome.
1: Yeah. When I, uh, when I have to like put on the social media hat for myself, where I have to be active in post and posting stuff like that, sometimes I literally think like, I just, I, I wish I had Matt's battery for social media. Cause you're so like on it and consistent. It's such a chore for me to post. And like, as soon as I tap on your profile, oh, there's Matt with 20 stories up and they're all like heartfelt <laughs> and like engaging. And you know, there's like, ice and dog and words and stuff. And I'm just like, you well, right. need to do this day in and day out, it's, I just don't have that same thing, and I mean it's it looks fun when it's working and and mm-hmm. you are finally um you' you're make you're finding a way to make it work for you like authentically.
0: I, I appreciate that. that. and I think that's the thing I've been talking with people is if you truly are like me, then do what I'm doing. but like your brand is way different than me. like yours is you can tell a story of a hundred posts in one post. I guess, and yeah, yeah. I
1: I'm not made for the algorithm. I will show up once a month and I'll just completely dump it onto my stories and then just leave a bunch of vague riddles and then just disappear.
0: <laughs> but that draws people in, right? <laughs> I guess. It's like, where's I, Anthony now? <laughs>
1: but you know what my thing is, like, like on a slightly more serious note, it's just like I'm very um, serious about having stories for people in real life. I don't, mm. the last thing I ever want is to sit across from someone and someone to be like, oh, I, did, I already heard that story on social media. I saw it on Instagram. Mm. They're like, no, let me tell you the story. Like, that's the whole joy of my life. Like, right? I, yeah, so like, I never want to like show too much or be too involved because it's like the fun part is having these stories at the dinner table at the coffee yeah. shop, you know? Yeah. And, and when you start to just share everything, it's just like you leave nothing
0: else for the people that you care about or the people that you want to just to enlighten. Yeah. I like that a lot. And I think the good thing is that not many people are going to want to talk about me sitting in an ice bath around the dinner table. So I probably have a lot more stories to share. Well, I
1: mean, you have many layers to it once you kind of get past the, So are you not a psychopath? Then you can, <laughs> then you can unpack like your motives and stuff.
0: Yeah. My dad. So my dad said he showed some friends, uh, some colleagues from work, my video, and then I went viral. He's like, <laughs> one person said, can I ask you a question? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why though? <laughs> Why it doesn't make <laughs> well, sense? One of the comments on your,
1: your video. I, I mean, I will be honest. I think the exact same thing every single time I click on your story, and you just got a sledgehammer cracking ice. I'm just like, no one else is doing this. Like, well, you're just starting off your minus forty day in Canada with a sledgehammer breaking ice. Like,
0: and that's the funny thing. There's a lot more people doing it now, and I'm seeing some of my slogans and things. Right, and I think we've talked about that. Truth is yeah. truth, or yeah. Right, it was another podcast, and. Trying to yes. hold on to a truth is, I mean, yeah. it consumes you. So let people use it. I i, I love it. I hope there starts to like
1: become like this vocabulary around like your community and your movement because that's where it becomes fun where people start to associate certain words or concepts with you. And then they just start calling. I mean, the, the ice king is already hilarious. So
0: <laughs> I know. I don't know if I could do that. Super, super humble. <laughs> Julius is the ice queen, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a totally different concept for it. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. think, uh, yeah, the ones I'm seeing is deposits and earn your dopamine, which is really cool, right? Like thinking yeah. how yeah, you invest your, your time. is dope, yeah. Yeah, is dope. I, I like that too. Is a,
1: oh yeah, didn't even think about that. I, um, I'm um, i so glad that I didn't do this many years ago. I don't even know why I'm saying this right now, but like there was times where I wanted to change my handle way back in the day on Instagram because I think everyone goes to that phase where just like, oh, my name is boring. I want to change it. Right. And, I was just like, what would be like super futuristic? And I was like, Anthony dopamine, because that's what Anthony so- dopamine. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wow, that's literally the stupid thing. The stupidest thing that's ever come out of my, my brain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have to have you on again so you can tell me the story of what that meant to you, no, Anthony never, dopamine. Never will we unpack the story. Okay, sounds good. That's <laughs> good. Thank, but thank you for having Yeah. This episode. <laughs> this was great. Um. So Anthony, what are you up to? Where can people find you? Where do you want people to go to learn more about you?
1: I kind of keep it simple for everybody. The only thing that I'm truly active on is Instagram. Other than that, my preferred method to connect is in real life. So please come stop me in real life. I'm there we go.
0: Saying, please come stop me. Well, you 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 gave out your travel itinerary a couple of days ago. It's off your story now. The riddle's gone. Um, so people can find you that way. That's true. I'm... I'm I didn't drop my exact location, but you could probably find me in
1: the town of Tulum. (laughs)
0: Okay, sounds good. I'm going to put the resilient documentary in the show notes as well, as well as your Instagram page. Again, appreciate your time and have a great time unwinding and working on your next project. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you. You bet. Appreciate you.